All right. I'm very excited for today. Um, just, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a rather direct word just for our house, for our, our church, our body, about what the Lord's doing and what he's calling us into. And so this message is definitely going to be a call to action kind of message. It's the let's, let's step into this, let's do this, let's go into what God has for us. So are you ready? Let's go. All right. Let's. We'll go to Genesis, but first Genesis 1. I say Genesis. You're like, all right, which chapter? That's helpful. All right, Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28. But what I really believe right now, what God is, is doing here, not just here all around, but I feel it for us very strongly, that he is calling us to be powerful people. I feel a big invitation with the Lord. He's calling us to be powerful people. People who are created to take action, take responsibility, and to build. So that's what I really feel for today. Um, our second years, our VSSM students, you're going to get a little bit of Thursday night and mixed all together for today. Just so you know, our school of ministry is amazing. If you're ever interested, considering it at all, I just can't encourage you enough to look into it, come ask questions. You can come to the Welcome Center and ask about our School of Ministry, which is VSSM. Can I just give you a little, a little testimony from that? Is Yesterday we had our evangelism day. And so what we do is we meet together. All of our students come together and we go and we do outreach. And Brooke and Travis, the Evendens, this amazing couple right here, wave your hands for all to see. Yes, you want to get to know them. And they brought their youngest. Is she five or six? She's five. So Rosie is five years old, and she came to VSSM Outreach. And so she went out, got a love on people, and then later she went to a birthday party. And at the birthday party, in the gift that she had for her friend, she put in some of our mints that we have here at the church because if you're praying for someone, you want to have good breath. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. If you want to like, if you want to walk in the anointing, you have good breath. Let's just say that. So we always make sure we have mints when it comes to praying for people. But then we also have um, invite cards. And she grabbed mints and some of the invite cards and she put them in her friend's birthday gift. And she told her, these are for inviting people to church, right? Which, how amazing, when you think about it, it's like, oh, that's precious. But if we think about it on a way deeper level, a five-year-old went to a Saturday that's about evangelism. She applied it to her realm of influence. I mean, she did her friends. A birthday party. She took that like, hey, we're here to tell people about Jesus. She put it in her friend's birthday gift. How beautiful is that? Oh. Well done, mom and dad. Well done. So there's a reality that that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is intentionality. What choices are we making? Because our choices have a deep impact. And so, how are we building? How are we discipling? Sorry, I'm getting myself situated here. That was a run. 
I ran upstairs, used the restroom real quick, ran down, and praise God, we're here. I feel a little more situated now. Thank you for your patience. Okay. So in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Oh, sorry, that switched for me. I'm going to go here. We have, a, just so you know, we have a new system we're using today too. So it was, a, it was a stretching day in many ways. Praise God. Here we go. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock. I'm going here. My Bible will not fail me. Bless you, thanks, sis. All right. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human, human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it, take dominion over it, is what other translations will say. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So what, we want to, what I really want to take note of here is how we're actually wired. First of all, God made man, God made woman. Period. There we go. A man cannot be a woman. A woman cannot be a man. God made man. God made woman. Woo! Very simple. Thank you, Jesus. And what did he do? He blessed them. So when we're walking in our original design, we get to walk in the blessings of God. And what did he bless us with the ability to do? To multiply, to create like that precious little baby right there in Pastor Ezzy's belly and that precious little baby right there in Jenna's belly. And this precious little baby that was just born right there with Candace, so she's holding her angel baby. That's a blessing. It's a miracle. God designed us, wired us that way to be able to create. It's a miracle. We're designed that way. So in that, when we know our original design... We're made in the image of God, right? So that means that we're designed to create. We have a creative edge to us, which is exciting. It's very exciting. We're designed that way, but he also commissioned us to rule and to reign, to govern over the earth. So our role is to take care of this earth, right? So we're, we're designed that way. You know, those who like to farm, if you like gardening, any of those things, it's because God put that design in you. It's fun. We're, we're actually created that way. So first of all, we know that. We've been commissioned, commanded to take dominion, be fruitful, multiply. We're created in God's image. We've been blessed to do it. Okay, Second Peter I might look right behind me. Once I, like I said, shout out to our team. 
who stepped into many roles today in new positions, and they're doing great. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 through 10. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, this is a good verse, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's good news. He's given you how much? Everything. Come on, to live a godly life for godliness. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Remember that. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. Those are the building blocks for us. We want to grow. We want to grow in our knowledge of him. We grow that way. The more that you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. So we want to work hard to prove that we really are the ones that God has called and chosen. That means we got to take responsibility. We got to take ownership. Because we're called to be powerful people, right? Jesus paid it all. It's a free gift. We did nothing for salvation. We receive it. And then... We take responsibility and choose him and to walk out the life that he has for us. There is a partnership that has to take place. There is. You know, there's absolutely a partnership that has to take place. And when we get that, things change. Because or else we kind of sit here in entitlement world where we go, give it to me, which entitlement world is really pride. And the Lord tells us to be poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who realize their need for God, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So we want to be poor in spirit. We want to realize we need God. We're needy. We need him all the time. And when we do that, we're blessed. And the kingdom of heaven is ours. We, we walk that way. So this is a lot of foundational stuff, but I feel a charge for us. Because there's a reality that God's doing amazing things on the earth, and we're here for such a time as this, and he chose us to be the ones who actually govern the earth now. We were the ones who were chosen for this time. 
So we want to take responsibility. We want to know the task before us. So we know that he's given us everything we need for godliness, right? We know that we're called to make an effort to grow in self-control and patience, brotherly affection, love for everyone. Okay, Romans 5. 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Hallelujah. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. Woohoo! Yeah! We love trials. We love problems. I'm growing in endurance. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That's the attitude we need, though. Because it's unto something. When we realize what God's doing, we, we take ownership as powerful people. We're not victims. And there's a very important realization that we have to have as believers that we're not victims. You're not a victim. We're actually overcomers. We're victorious through Jesus because of what he's done. We are actually not just overcomers. We are more than overcomers. So we're not victims. We're victors. Praise God. And you got to remind yourself of it. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim to these circumstances. Can bad things happen? Oh, yeah. Are there terrible things that happen? 100%. You don't have to be a victim and stay in victim land. You can receive the power that Jesus paid for, and walk in the fullness that he has. That's the gift of abundant life that he's continually offering to us. No matter what, he's offering it to us. We have the choice. He paid it all. So we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance strengthens our character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So, problems and trials help us to develop endurance. So what what I take from in this verse is problems and trials, they can be my food. They can be my weapon because it's gonna help me develop endurance. And then once I develop endurance, it's gonna strengthen my character. Because my character is very important, right? Because after and when we develop character, it helps strengthens, helps to strengthen our confident hope. And we need hope. And God's so kind, he gave us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So when we take this, it's a realization Character is important to God. 
Character is very important to the Lord. He cares about our character. It matters, and it gets to be refined as we walk with Jesus. Our character really does get to be refined as we walk with the Lord, step by step, hand in hand. And he gives us the precious Holy Spirit, fills our hearts with his love, and also convicts us and leads us and guides us into truth. Because he's a good dad. He's a good dad who cares and he wants us to grow. As parents, do you want your baby to always need milk? Like as a as a 29-year-old, if I was living only on milk, you would call like child protective services on my parents. You would. You want to teach them. You want to teach them how to eat. You want to help encourage them how to walk. You want to empower them to make big decisions, right? We don't want them to be harmed, but we want them to be powerful, or else we have a generation that's just walking around with their hand out. I can speak to it because I'm in that generation. (laughs) We have so many people who have never learned character. They've just had easy times, and this isn't for everyone, but it's an important message for us because we're believers, so we're to be the example to the world, right? We've been commissioned to govern it, so we probably should take responsibility for ourselves. And so if, if we have people that are just walking with a handout all the time and saying, feed me, feed me, feed me, what happens to the next generation? It's a scary cycle. It's a really scary cycle. So with that, this is the call to be powerful people. To realize we're not victims, to take responsibility for our lives, for our actions, for those around us, and realize we're created with value. So our life matters. Your life, wherever you are, it matters. You're impacting far more people than you know. It's the truth. So let's jump into this some more. My parents, and this is something I feel like it's really good for us to know too, that God really does care about our heart and he cares about, like I said, our character. He cares about our motives. Because if I'm not teaching, if I'm not taught right from wrong as a little kid, what's going to happen to me as I grow? You know, it's a scary thing. So with that, we're created to do hard things. We're tough, right? Right? God gave us everything we need for godliness. So we're tough. We're built different. For tough. Just kidding. (laughs) See the fights that happen there. But it's real. Like, as Christians, we can't just baby talk to each other like, let's just do what makes us feel good. You know, like, we get in here. We come into the presence of God. We celebrate Jesus. This is our victory charge. We see the lost get saved. And then we're, we're supposed to go from this place. And we're supposed to impact So with that, we're created to do hard things. We have the Holy Spirit who's going to empower us. The same Spirit that literally raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So if Jesus could go to the cross, take on the sins of the world, be resurrected, I think we can do some hard things. Yeah? Okay, good. Let's go. We're not victims. We can do this. 
All right, with that, I want to talk about, I, I love practical teachings because it's like, what are we going to do when we leave this place? Because that's what matters. We can come here, we can shout each other down, be like, whoa, that was so good. But if we don't grab on to something, what's going to happen at home? Because that's what matters. So my parents, you got to pray for my daddy-o. He, Pastor Lynn, is, he's been sick all week, and we just speak healing over his body right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that as he's home, we speak life to his body, life to his lungs. Right now, we say all sickness has to go in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for refreshing him right now, right now, and bringing life to his body. Thank you for making all things new in Jesus' name. So with that, my parents were very intentional with how, with character development for me. I was the baby by a long shot, so they got to learn a lot by the time that they got to me. Praise the Lord. All the babies in the house say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Our parents learned a lot with our siblings. We're sorry that you were the ones they had to learn through. We appreciate you being the ones who went before us. But my parents, they were very intentional with how they raised me and, and developing me and discipling me. And so they would speak life over me every day. Before I would leave for school, my dad, he'd always say, Christy Lynn, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're a leader, you're talented, you're athletic, you're special. Like every day, every single day, I would hear that. So it's important. This is a charge. You know, parents, you get to be the greatest disciplers. And what you're doing has such impact. It's so important. So they would do that for me every day. And they wanted me to learn life lessons. So because of that, they let me go through things. Because they believed that they raised a powerful daughter. And they believed that I needed to be the one who walked through things. They couldn't do it all for me at a certain point. So, but they also realized character was important. I went to a private school, an amazing private Christian school, and in private Christian schools, you have some people that are working their tails off to send their kids to school, and you have some people that have a lot of money, and some people that we go to private schools. You get a mix. You get a big mix. And so with that, I had in my friend group, I had a lot of friends who were definitely very well off, which is amazing. Sometimes with that can come entitlement, and you can start to get your value in, in what you have, you know? And my dad saw that kind of coming up in me a little bit because of who I was hanging out with. And so, I mean, we were blessed. We had wonderful cars. But my dad, when he realized that was happening, he goes, uh-uh, that's not going to last to my daughter. <laughs> so he chose to drive me to school in his really beat-up work truck, <laughs> which instead, you know, like the roof, the stuff was like coming in. And I'm like, Dad, Dad, we'll just park here. Nope. <laughs> drives me right in front, and in the moment, I'm like, oh, 
which my mom would be like, honey, you don't have to do that. But dad was like, uh-uh, we're going to crush that thing. That is not going to live in you. You are not going to be a person who thinks you're better than those because of what you have. Uh-uh. And so, praise God. You know, in the moment, did I like it? No. Now, I'm like, thank you, Lord. I had a dad who cared enough. And that, that's a little example, but it was huge. Because it changed my perspective on how I saw people, on how I saw my worth, how I saw value. So he's a good dad. Um, my dad, he wanted me to grow in leadership abilities, so he always had me play in different sports teams, purposefully, because he wanted me to learn how to connect with people in different circles. He wanted me to take on the challenge of you know, going to the top of how, how, do you, how do you blend in with different people? So that was a way that my dad was very intentional with me in that, and I didn't realize it then. That, that's the beautiful thing, that then I didn't realize it. Now I go, oh, Dad, thank you for doing that. Because now that I've had stages where I'm like, wow, I have to remember what it's like to be in a group I'm not comfortable with. And it was a strength he developed in me. And this was another life skill that my dad, he cared enough for the big picture of my life. And I say my dad. My mom and dad were in on this all the way, but he was the voice in it. So for me, it's easier to think that. My parents are the best. Um, when I decided to go to school in Reading to go to BSSM, my, I had been working before, so I learned how to have a job, how to raise money. And my dad, he, he felt like I should pay for my schooling. I should pay for my schooling. And when you go to BSSM, there's not housing that's provided. It's not like universities. You got to find a house. You got to make your food, all the different things. So my dad goes, yep, time for you to learn life skills now. So I, with the money I had saved up from before, paid for my schooling and learned how to pay for rent how to make food for all of your meals, that's something, and how to work. Work while you're doing it. And praise God that he did that because I developed life skills that I sure did not have before. And it, it made me appreciate hard work, made me appreciate work ethic, where I realized things are not handed to you. You need to work for things. In the Bible, it's very clear about that. It's very clear that we are to work for things when it comes to our wages. And so he instilled that in me. He helped me learn how to steward money well. You know, how do you pay for rent and for food and then have fun? And praise the Lord, I worked at a coffee shop, so I had free coffee. <laughs> and I learned the importance of being a good tenant. How do you actually be a good tenant? Well, you better pay your bills on time. Better pay your rent on time. Because that's important. And it reflects our character. As Christians, we should be the greatest example. Right? We are to be the leaders. We're the ones commissioned to govern, to rule and reign. And so... Like I said, this is going to be a basic message, but it's a call to action for us because we don't talk about this stuff a lot. But if I'm not paying my rent on time, 
Who am I really representing? Like as an ambassador on earth, who, who am I representing? I'm representing Jesus. People know I'm a Christian. They knew I was going to Bethel. So first of all, they're like, oh, Christians. Oh, Bethel. Oh, Jesus. So my, my actions matter a lot. You know, when it comes to that, and, and also, it's, am I paying on time? Am I paying my bills on time? So that all represents character. Have I grown in discipline? Have I died to myself enough? Have I learned values? Which these are baby steps that are all very important for the longevity of our life. It's, it's very important. And with that, did I learn how to leave a space better when I left. You know, as someone who's a tenant, I am living in someone else's space. They own this. I don't own this. So am I going to value their space? Am I going to take good care of it? Because it's a huge representation of my character and also my stewardship. So if I can't steward that well, then I probably... I'm not ready for the upgrade of being a homeowner. Practical things, but it's good for us to know. It's very important because we want to be strong, healthy people. Do we? Then let's have hard conversations. (laughs) People are like, oh, this isn't as fun. It is fun. It's good because... The church, a lot of people have really bad representations. I can't tell you how many times people are like, I'm a Christian, can I get a discount? (laughs) What does that do for business owners? They're like, I do not want to sell to you. You're entitled. So what kind of discount can we get for this? You can pay full price. (laughs) That's the attitude that people are probably going to have. It's true. If you've been in business, it's very true. <laughs> I'll just, I'm, I'm talking about these things, but it's important because we should be the greatest examples. But it takes us taking ownership. It's a mind shit, it's mindset shift. Wow. <sighs> Words went together. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a mindset shift. There we go. Yes, yes. We can celebrate to that. But there is a reality. We're not victims. The cross just demolished that. We're not victims. So when you're tipping, how do you tip? Generously. If we're going out right after church, we got our dress clothes on, and we're like, Hi, and our waitress or waiter. How are you? What was your day look like? Oh, we just got back from church. It was so good. Da 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 da. And they're like, "Oh, it's amazing." And then they get the tip at the end, and they're like, "Oh, cool, real generous, nice." It says something. 
It does. It represents Christians all together. It represents Jesus. And that's why people so often are like, bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> I don't like them. These things matter. Are, are we kind? Are we honoring? Are we respectful to people? You know, when we're there, am I really encouraging people? How are we taking care of our money? You know, if, if we're in heaven, it talks about like we're going to rule and reign over angels. That's weird. That's crazy to think about. If we can't take care of our money, how in the world are we going to rule and reign over angels? So, this life is preparation unto something. This is training ground. It is. We have to know our why. What's our why? I love Jesus. I want to represent him well. I want to represent him really well. I want to grow in character. I want to be, I want to be someone who makes him famous. I want people to be drawn to him. I want people to look at my life and say, wow, I want that. Because I'm his ambassador. So our why is very important. And we just have to realize that we are created with value. Each and every one of us, we are created with great value. And the decision, because of that, the decisions that we make, they really do impact people. And a lot of times, we just think, oh, I'm just living for myself. I'm just trying to, you know, one of the most selfish things is, I'm just trying to do me. You know, I'm just living my best life right now. It's like, oh, awesome. That's really good for you. What about everyone else? What about your family? What about, you know, who are those around you? It's going to impact people. And there's a powerful position that we take as sons and daughters when we realize that our, the choices that we're making are either going to have a positive or a negative effect on those around me. And I have the choice every day to choose. What am I going to do? And so our decisions that we make are going to impact this next season of our life. So an example, when you're single, the decisions that you start making as a single person will impact your spouse. The decisions you make as a single person, they will impact your spouse. So me and Ryan right now, we have a lot of conversations because we know the next season of our life is going to be starting a family. So we know that this, the decisions, the choices that we are making now will impact our children and our children's children. So we're aware of that. So my husband, he's been taking steps to go above and beyond with work. He's challenging himself in different ways because he knows his role as a provider and he wants to provide for us and for our future children. It's practical. It's practical steps. So what lens are we going to look through? Are we going to look through a lens of purpose, of legacy, knowing that I want to leave a good legacy, like I, I get to be intentional about what my legacy is? Am I going to have a kingdom perspective? Or am I just here trying to please myself? So we have to know what our why is. What's my why? Well, I want 
to raise up a family that knows Jesus deeply. I want them to know the Lord. I want my kids to be just raised up in faith, in radical faith. I want my kids coming out the womb speaking in tongues. Now that's what I want. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Lord. <laughs> I want these things. I want my kids, my, Ryan and I were both very blessed that our parents have taught us about investing. So we've naturally, we, we were like-minded on that right away, and we've been blessed to invest. But we had parents who cared enough to teach us. I want my kids to be able to do that. I want my kids to be able to be very confident in who they are. And so it's important that I take steps now to make that a reality. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Another way that you could say it was, or are discouraged. So when you have vision, you've got purpose. If you don't have it, you're discouraged. You're like, what is, what's the purpose of my life? <laughs> so when I have vision, I'm working hard because I have a family I care for. Now, sometimes we're working and we're like, I, don't, I just check in and I check out of work. No, first of all, you're doing it unto the Lord. You're building something. When you're working, you're building something. When you consistently show up to work, you're building character. You're showing that I'm a reliable person. And that's stewardship for the next thing that the Lord has for us. So, like I said, this next season, there's a reality for us that we will be raising a family. Not pregnant now. Clarify that now, because everyone's like, you're talking a lot about it. We're not pregnant now. But I went to, we've, we go to Dr. Carl Feltz. And um, just working on different health things, because part of it was we knew, like, well, one, we want to be healthy people because we want to live long, healthy lives. So we want to take care of ourselves. But while going there, Dr. Carl felt, he was like, yeah, I, I found some, like, heavy metals in your system. It's really good that you're taking care of this now before you're pregnant, because whatever is in you is going to go to the baby and go to the placenta. Which, if you didn't know that... You know, placenta is what feeds the baby, takes care of the baby, right? Yes. So how crazy is this? What I'm doing right now, while I'm not pregnant, is going to directly affect my future child. I don't have a baby in this womb. Yet. Yet. But the decisions I'm making are directly affecting that child. It's crazy. It's amazing. But it gives us perspective. What we are doing with our lives right now is directly affecting the next generation. It is. Because what we tolerate, they're going to celebrate. It's the truth. I didn't get that from myself. It's someone else's saying. But what we tolerate the next generation will celebrate. And we can see it. You know what's happening in schools. What are the agendas that are being pushed? What are they being taught? It's because someone tolerated it. And so now this next generation is celebrating it. So what we do is directly impacting people around us. It's setting the stage for the next generation, which that should put a fire under us, being like, ooh, 
I get to lay the best stage, the best foundation for them. How incredible was it that Maddie was up there praying over someone? Praise God. It gets me so excited. That's what we get to do. You know, we get to lay this beautiful foundation and showing people this is what hard work looks like. This is what it looks like to be just fully devoted to Jesus. This is what it looks like to be strong and healthy. We get to teach them all of these things. So, with that, we can have vision. So I know, like, God's calling me in this next season, start a family. So what am, I'm starting to think ahead. What are my action steps right now? Well, I know that things are going to look a lot different. So if I can start to get some of these disciplines in my life now, it will definitely be a little bit easier then. So practically for myself, I'm like, I want to be better at having a good morning routine. So I'm waking up earlier, reading my Bible more in the morning, being really disciplined in the morning. And it's become this precious, holy time that I love. It's been so awesome. The Lord recently told me, um, just, it was one of those times in worship with him, and I just heard him say, raise up daughters, raise up an army. So what does that look like? That looks like finding different girls, different daughters, to raise up daughters and raise up an army. There is an action to it. I can think it, I can have the vision, but if I don't put action to it, nothing's going to happen. I have to take ownership. I have to be a powerful person and say, okay, here's my action plan that I'm going to do this now. So let's go to Proverbs 20, verse 4. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Come on. It's good reminders for us. If you're too lazy to plow in the right season, you're not going to have food, right? You ain't working, you ain't going to have food. (laughs) It's kind of what that says in our terms now. It's like my husband, where he's saying right now, market's not the easiest. So he's grinding. He's doing things that he didn't do before because he wants to be prepared. He wants a harvest. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Good planning and hard work lead to? But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. It's a good one. Proverbs are good. Okay, Proverbs 13. We'll do verse 4 first. Lazy people want much, but get little. Those who work hard will? Let's do verse 9. The life of the godly is full of light and joy, but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Verse 10. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. So if you want to grow in business, hang out with the businessman. You want to start a business? We've got really amazing businessmen here that have wisdom that can pour into you. Take advice from the wise. 
11, wealth from a get-rich-quick scheme quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And there's just such a reality. I know, especially in my generation, we love the, like, give me the rewards quickly. We're just so used to it. You know, fast food, you're taking too long. (laughs) We're so used to reward really quick that we don't like hearing things about you got to be disciplined. You got to build. You got to take your steps, baby steps, baby steps. We don't like it because it's harder. But it's good. We develop endurance. 14, the instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. Verse 16, wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness. Verse 18, If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. That's a good one for us. It's good. We want to accept correction. We want to grow. 19, it is pleasant to see dreams come true. But fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Who are we hanging out with? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? You want to be wise? Hang with wise people. Verse 22, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. So that's not thinking about just ourselves. For the next generation, that's thinking about the following generation. So we want to think that way. We want to leave an inheritance for our grandchildren. So it gets to be an inheritance of faith. Obviously, it's amazing if there's financial inheritance too. If there's financial blessing, praise God. We want that. So we want to be thinking that way. What, what are we leaving to the next generation? What are we building? What are we doing? With that, I've got one more verse, actually. Deuteronomy 30. And then we're going to have some testimonies up here of those that I just am so excited and so proud of them. It's amazing to see that they've taken initiative and in saying, this is what I want for my life. All right, verse 19. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Oh, that we would choose life. And that's what's presented for us every day. We get to choose. Am I going to choose decisions that are going to impact and bring blessings in life or make decisions that are going to bring curses and death? It's that simple. It's that simple, and we come to that realization. We get to build, and our choices matter. So with that, Colton and Jenna, can you guys both come up here? Love you guys so much. So what we did in, I'll let you hold that, sis. What we did in class was I, I proposed the question, all right, what is God calling you to build right now? It's different for each of us, but in this season, what is it that the Lord's calling you to build, and what are your action steps that you're taking? So, Miss Beautiful Jen is going to share first. So, some of you, a lot of you know, I just recently left healthcare, and I now teach here at VCA. I'm teaching first and second grade. Um, yes, it has been very special. Um, that was all based pretty much on a prophetic word. I was like track going into healthcare, in healthcare, and um, the Lord totally changed that, and it has been so sweet. But obviously, for you that cannot tell, I am pregnant, so I'm pregnant. I am teaching for the first time ever, and I'm in second year of VSSM, so it has been a wild ride. Um, but it has been so sweet, and so in this season, it's the obvious answer is like, he's preparing you to take care of children right? You're teaching first and second grade. You're learning how to, how to take care of kids. Um, and so when Christy asked us that question the other night, I had a couple other people, you know, classmates were talking, and I just asked the Lord, like, what are you teaching me? Because I feel like I've known, you know, the obvious. And I just heard him say, like, I'm teaching you to also take care of you. Um, healthcare is a very um, hectic place to work. Um, I was working full-time before I, my husband also works full-time, and so it was like, who can make dinner first? What can we get as a quick lunch? Like, we were not really preparing much for ourselves, like, taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, he would go out for lunch, I would go out for lunch. We'd get home at different hours at the night to have dinner, and it was just, like, kind of chaos. We were doing it, and it was fine. But in the season now of working for, at BCA, I work part-time. I work three days a week, so I have Mondays and Fridays off. Um, I get home like at 3.30 every day. And so when I just heard him say like, I'm learning, I'm teaching you how to take care of yourself, like set a routine. Um, and it, that's something that I've been doing that he's been so gently like showing me and teaching me how to do. Wake up early, like make lunch. I make lunch for myself and my husband every day. I come home, I like to have a clean house, do our laundry, like we have dogs, they shed. Praise the Lord for patience with the shedding. Um, and so just keeping a nice house for both of us and all of this, like it has been just, he's been teaching me really to set a routine for myself and be obedient in that. Um, and also taking care of my husband. Um, he, an, another thing that we got to talk about the other night, I'm so thankful for Harvest. Any of you that are farmers, Harvest for him is pretty much over. He has been working his tail off for like two straight months. And so I haven't seen him very much. And so it, uh, as I've entered, like we've been in school for two months. So 
school started, he got super busy. I'm like in the thick of pregnancy and it has just been enjoyable for me to actually come home and like clean the house and make lunches and make dinner. And that's not something I ever did before. So um, I'm just being really obedient in that and I have found joy in it too. Like praise the Lord, cause that's not always fun for people. Um, and so just really learning, taking care of myself, taking care of my husband, preparing for this baby, the sweet baby that has been like on the forefront of my mind. And so just when I heard him say the other night, like I'm teaching you how to take care of yourself and your husband too. Um, it was just such a, a sweet reminder. So praise the Lord. We love him. Yes. And with it, I know you shared what it looks like, like you're learning how to actually take care of these children, how to be a caretaker for them. So um, I, I, I don't have a lot of experience. I don't have much experience teaching. I've always found joy in teaching. Like when I was in college and high school, I loved teaching my peers. Um, but I don't have a ton of experience with this age group, you know, six and seven-year-olds. And so he has given me like creative solutions, how to be with them, how to teach them, how to um, speak to different sorts of minds. We all know that these little ones, I mean, they all learn differently, they act differently, and so it has been fun, like actually super fun, learning how to operate with them um, and just to take care of them. They're just so sweet and precious and little, and you just want to love on them even when they don't listen to your instruction, but we love them anyway. Um, and so I'm just so thankful, too, that the Lord is just preparing me. Like, he's been giving me patience, and that was, like, my word the other night was, like, caretaker, caretaker, mm -hmm. caretaker of yourself, your husband, your child, your students. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. And you can scoot up here. Sorry, guys. I just like naturally scooted back there. But it's practical. And sometimes with the Lord, we make it seem like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just trying to serve him. He's like, yes, serve me. Now let's take practical steps. What does that look like in your season of life right now? Learn to be a caretaker. Learn to take care of myself, my husband, these children before me, and taking steps, making a schedule. It, it all matters, and it's wholly unto the Lord. All right, Colton. Good morning. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Colton Cooper. I'm 27. I'm a high school graduate and two-time Easter Sunday Cornhole Tournament champion. Um, You're welcome, so, world. Wow. <laughs> um, God's been doing a lot of stuff in my life recently. Uh, there's uh, so much that it'd be hard to talk about all of it. Um, can everybody turn to your neighbor, please, really quick, and whisper, this guy kind of seems nervous, but he's really confident, and <laughs> everything he says is anointed by the Lord. Amen. All right. We believe it. Thank you. Um, Last two years of your life, especially. <laughs> okay, so the last two years of my life, I guess it has pretty much been exactly two years right now since I decided to uh, quit playing all the time and give my life back to the Lord. Um, I, I guess from a very young age, I feel like a lot of people felt like this but gave it up earlier than me. But I did not want to grow up at all. And I tried to fight it as much as possible. So, um, I, and then finally I just started growing up, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm growing up no matter what. And then recently I realized that I was not still. <laughs> um, I was still just trying to uh, 
remain completely uh, young in everything that I did and in my lifestyle. But giving my life back to the Lord has uh, has really given me a desire to start growing up, stop playing all the time, and and become more the person that I that I really need to be, that I know I need to be, the a man that I need to be. And come on. So God really started putting um, young adult men in my life over the past few years to look up to, to really be an example of of what it's really like to um, be older and be mature and um, be a provider. I, Lord will, and I'm a I'm a family man. I'm a provider someday, right. and and God's taking me through those steps that I need to 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 get there. Yep. Um, I've always chosen jobs that gave me lots of playtime. So, like seasonal construction, I knew that I'd be able to take time off to just do whatever I want. Always living paycheck to paycheck, and never being able to put money into savings. But, but I I could do whatever I wanted. I thought I had freedom. I thought that's what freedom was. Mm. And so, just recently, I guess a week and a half, two weeks ago, I accepted a a new job that I'll be starting once this concrete um, season ends. That'll be consistent. And that I've always just ran from opportunities like that. <laughs> and so it'll be consistent. It'll be um, really an adult man's job, I feel like, which is exciting but scary. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just be in an environment full of people that aren't still acting like children. I've always chosen friends that were younger than me in order to keep me in that lifestyle. And so, so God has just really um, brought people into my life and given me the desire to take that next step into adulthood and, and show me w- what I want to be like, the, the men that are starting families and, um, and are financially stable, that are just, just a little bit older than me. And so it, it's, it's pretty amazing to to see the and really think back on the change that God's made in my life and the people yeah. that he has put in there for me they like very specifically I realized put there for me like obviously Ryan was brought here for Christy but also God was like this guy's gonna be good for Colton too that's right so so I thank you for that and Travis I look up to Travis a ton as well and he's just a little bit older than me but uh, <laughs> Um, just very thankful for the men that God has placed in my life recently that are showing me what it's like to grow up and love Jesus and be a man and an adult. So, thank you. So good. So good. You guys, just, just stay for one. Well, you can go down. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you can, you can go down. Yeah, I wasn't sure for a moment either. So good. So the beautiful part is they realize they're created for more. Our decisions that we're making are directly impacting those around us, the generations to come. And we want to be ones who build. 
We want to build. We want to have vision. We want to dream with God and create with the Lord because we're designed to do that. And we get to. And what happens when we all realize that and take responsibility? You know what happens to our schools? What happens in our homes? What happens in the workforce altogether? What happens musically? What, just when we begin to actually realize that, what's gonna happen you know, with the economy? What would happen with the economy if we had a group, you know, in this room alone, what would happen if we all took full responsibility and ownership and we said, Lord, I'm ready to build? You know, what's going to happen two generations down? What are they going to step into? It's a beautiful thing to think about. It's exciting. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And we get to partner with the Lord. We get to see heaven come. We get to see healthy families raised. We get to see generations that know him, that know how to walk in his blessing. It's funny that money is such a sensitive subject, but I mean, if we think about it, if we're called to make nations of the earth, we need finances, right? We do. And the Lord, he gives us solutions to make wealth. He's a good dad. Who cares? So he, he wants us to be strong, powerful people. And he's inviting us into it. And we as a church, we're being invited in right now to build with God. To build. To dream with him. To step into his plans. See his kingdom come in every single way. Realize like I said, with the baby, it was such a huge example. What is going on in me right now while I am not pregnant is affecting the future home for my child. So what we're doing right now is affecting the future home for the generations to come. So let's make it beautiful. Let's make it full of life. Let's make it a place where we're strong, healthy. We know how to have healthy relationships. We know how to actually have confrontation. We know how to steward our money well. We know how to dream big, how to create. We create amazing, you know, schools. Let's dream big with God. This building was something that my papa dreamed. He dreamed with God and didn't just happen. He, he drew it out on napkins and then made a whole sketch of it, and then went to a contractor, and money was raised, and people came along with it, and then people built it brick by brick by brick by brick by brick by brick. And now it's a beautiful hosting place for the presence of God, where people are equipped, where we have a school, we have two schools throughout the week. Let's build. Let's do it. Let's be the ones who dream and build. It's our time. So let's stand. Let's just close our eyes for just a second.
And I just encourage you to ask the Lord, what are you calling me to build? You know, right now, in this season, Lord, what are you calling me to build? ask, Lord, what are the steps I need to take to make that happen? It's going to be different for each person. For our teenagers, for our single young adults, you know, the Lord could be preparing you for your spouse. So what are you doing? What steps are you taking? Your decisions you're making are impacting your spouse right now. What steps do you need to take? For those wanting to start families like us, what steps? What steps are we supposed to be taking right now? For those wanting to start a business, what steps? Who should I talk to? Who sh what, what mentor should I find? Those who are wanting to invest, who should I talk to? Those who are wanting to step into different ministries, who are you positioned under to grow? Who's speaking into your life? Who's mentoring you? So Lord, we want to be a people of action. We do. We want to walk in obedience and boldness, Lord. We want to dream big. We want to create. We want to take initiative. We want to be more than overcomers. We want to be victorious. We want to represent you well. We want to build your kingdom, Lord. So God, we thank you. Like in James, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you can ask for it. And you generously give, Father. So thank you that we can ask for wisdom. And you're a good dad who gives us direction and wisdom. So thank you, Lord, for we want to be a people of vision. We want to be visionary, especially right now. We want to get your dreams, God, your vision for what you have now, for your kingdom come. So thank you, Jesus, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear. And Lord, I just pray for creative solutions in this room right now. We just release creative solutions in this room, Lord. We just thank you that this gets, I just feel like, God, you're saying you want to take the lid off. So Lord, I just pray that you would take the lid off for us, that we, for taking off these self-limiting beliefs that we've had. I just thank you for just taking the lid off right now, for victim mentalities, taking the lid off right now in Jesus' name. Just ripping that right off. We just thank you that you are empowering us to be powerful sons and daughters, manifest sons and daughters. So God, thank you, like I said, creative solutions. We just thank you for inventions in this room, Lord. We just thank you for curriculums that you are downloading with people, Lord. I just thank you that those who are wanting to write books, pick up your pencil. Lord, I just thank you for just giving people books, Lord, giving people songs, giving people 
you know, whole new strategies, Jesus, whole new business plans, Lord. Thank you for it. even plans for houses. If there's someone who's trying to build a house right now, we just speak anointing over those house plans right now in Jesus' name. We just thank you. We bless the businesses in this room. We bless the creatives in this room. We bless all of our entrepreneurs in this room that, we, that this will be a, a house of solution, God, a house of innovation, a house of solution, Jesus. We just thank you for it. And we wanna step in and walk into all that you have, Lord. So we just speak your anointing and thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering us in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. With that, we'll have our ministry team. Can you come up here? You know, when things like this happen, there's a mix sometimes. You get charged, you get excited. Sometimes there's all the different things. If you need ministry in any way, these people wanna pray for you. If you're like, I'm wanting to step in in boldness in a whole new way and I want prayer, let them pray for you. If you're praying for solutions, wisdom, let them pray for you. If you need healing in your body, anything like that, they, they would love to minister to you. So with that, I say, let's go out and let's build. That doesn't sound convincing. Let's build. Let's do it. Let's take ownership. Let's do it. It's going to be different for our generation. It's going to be different for our families. We're the chain breakers. We're the trailblazers. We're the ones ready to go after it. So let's go out and be blessed in Jesus' name. And like I said, please get ministry if you need ministry. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.